This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And uh, it's been wonderful. Two million DVDs delivered to every Jewish home in Israel. I just can't get over that. That is such a wonderful thing. Oh, man. And um, so I've been thinking a lot about that, and uh, we've been getting some response, predictable response from Israel, which is kind of like what D.L. Moody said when he set out some evangelists. He said, anybody get saved? Anybody get mad? And so, well, we had some people get mad, so we know the word went out. But I've just been thinking a lot about this last week and just uh, the miracle of it all. And was it ever a miracle? And how the Lord just uh, blinded the Chinese so they didn't see the regulation that they're not supposed to print religious DVDs. And they didn't just print one, they print two million. And then he blinded the Israeli guards that know everything at the border there to not just let in one, but two million DVDs <laughs> proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and even blinded the Orthodox there as they, some of them were working there to move the DVDs around and get them ready for distribution. And then the rest of the Orthodox, who, who normally would have been the Philistines, um, the Israeli government made the law, made the rule that the Orthodox had to serve in the army. And they were more worried about that than stopping some Christian evangelism, so they were out protesting. And the Lord just sent them through behind the enemy lines to all those homes. What a miracle. I don't know, probably 200 people were involved in some way, shape, or form another as they were delivering. Some people quit in the middle of distributing when they realized what they were distributing. Others took it upon themselves to to warn everybody not to, not to look at what they were giving out, but they were forced to. But nevertheless, God says that his word goes forth that won't return void. That's what he said. So anyway, 
So I've been thinking a lot about this and just the miracle of it all. I thought that tonight would be appropriate for us to study the parting of the Red Sea because that's what happened there when these DVDs got through. So let's pray. Father, do open our eyes, open our hearts, touch our spirits, Lord, that we might see truths and wonderful lessons you have for us tonight in Jesus' name. So with that in mind, turn, if you would, to Exodus chapter 14, Exodus 14, and let's look afresh. Pretend like you'd never read this before. That's the best way to read the Bible. Always look at it like, I never saw that before. That's great. Be like a little kid. Exodus 14, verse 1. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn in and camp before Pihaharet, between Migdal and the sea, over against Beelzephon. Before it you shall encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in land. Wilderness shall shut them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He shall follow after them. I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was uh, told the king of Egypt that the people fled. The heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. They said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? He made ready his chariot, took his people with him. He took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He pursued after the children of Israel. The children of Israel went out with a high hand, but the Egyptians pursued after them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pehareth before Beelzephon. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were sore afraid. Children of Israel cried unto the Lord. They said unto Moses, because there was no graves in Egypt, Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? It'd be better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. You shall hold your peace. The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel and say, Go forward, but lift thou up thy rod, stretch out thy hand over the sea, divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I'll get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, upon his horsemen. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, upon his horsemen. And the angel of the Lord, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud that went before before their face stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked down to the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. 
took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came in after the sea after them. There remained not one, not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore, and Israel saw that great word which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. The people feared the Lord, believed the Lord, and his servant Moses. Going on to the next chapter. Verse one, just one. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Now, this history in Exodus 14, it starts in the middle, as you know, when Egypt, when, when Israel has left Egypt, and they have left Egypt in a state of absolute brokenness with the deaths of all the firstborns in Egypt dead, with the firstborns all dead in all the Egyptian houses. So you could call this chapter the day after. The day after. This is the day after when the Egyptians woke up to the fact that what the magicians had told Pharaoh was true. And that was in the middle of the plagues when they said to him, Pharaoh, the magicians, said to Pharaoh in Exodus 10, verse 7, Exodus 10, verse 7, Pharaoh's servant said unto him, how long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not that Egypt is destroyed? Now when they said that, they said that, that not all the plagues had come. So there was Pharaoh, there were the Egyptians realizing the God of Israel had destroyed their land. Egypt was destroyed. And at this point, when they told him that, there was no loss of human life, not yet. And so the last plague hadn't come, the death of the firstborns. I mean, just think of what that was like. We talked about it with the Passover, and that was the salvation of the Jewish people when they put the blood on the doorpost and on the two sides. But just think about back in Egypt, from the lowest person in Egypt, all the way up to the highest, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh himself, that morning, they looked at dead bodies. They looked at the death of their firstborns, and those firstborns represented the hope of all the families in Egypt. Every person there thought to themselves, this is my successor, and they were all dead. So all the hope of Egypt resided in their firstborns, in those firstborns, they were all dead. And there was this mass mourning over all the land of Egypt, a tremendous grief. That was the scene when two million of the Jewish people, they left that all behind and they staggered their way along with their cattle, with their women, with their children, all being led by Moses. Moses, the one that God spoke to, the one that God directed and so we can look at this chapter here and we can see seven clear phases important for us to see. 
Because these seven phases provide for us a pattern, a pattern for many repeating histories and histories in our lives. And that's what makes it not just entertaining, but instructive as we look at that. So let's look at these phases. The first phase that we see here is the phase of the desperate situation. It was a desperate situation. Israel came into this desperate situation, and in verses one and two, we learn about how Israel came into this desperate situation when it says, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, and turn and encamp between Migdal and the sea over there, and before it you shall encamp by the sea. So when God said, before it you shall encamp by the sea, it was God who was leading Israel with clear instructions to put themselves into the trap, into the trap there, hemmed in by this pass, and then right up against the Red Sea. And Israel did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong when they were instructed to walk into the trap. And sometimes we find ourselves, we find ourselves in a desperate situation. We didn't do anything wrong, and it's not our fault, but we're right in the center of God's will, and we find ourselves like they did in a desperate situation. God led Israel into a desperate situation, and God told Moses what was gonna happen when he said in verse three, Pharaoh is going to say, they're entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. He's gonna say, they're the trap. They're in a trap. So God made it very clear to Moses that Pharaoh was going to say, they're an easy prey. They're an easy prey. Now, at this point, Moses could have argued with God, because by the way, Moses was very good with arguing with God. He kind of specialized in that. He could have had a degree in that. But he could have said, no, God, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. Pharaoh has a mighty army, and we don't even have one sword among us. Don't you want to rethink this, Lord? Maybe you want to rethink this plan. I mean, if you were Moses, and you had two million people that you were leading, and not one of them has any weapons, and God tells you, walk into a trap, walk into a trap, what would you have said? So, but God made it very clear to Moses. God said, look, I'm going to use Israel as the bait in the trap. Israel is the bait. Now, God didn't tell Moses what, how the trap was gonna work, but it was very clear that Israel was gonna be the bait. So Moses, he just trusted and obeyed. He trusted and obeyed. He kept, why? Because he saw many plagues that God had brought on Egypt. So even though God didn't give him the details of the trap, he said, and he didn't know it was gonna be part of the Red Sea with the rod, he just trusted and obeyed. He trusted and obeyed God. The trap was gonna bring glory to God, and the question was, Moses, are you and the people willing to be the bait I need for the trap? And so God told Moses that he's gonna make sure that Pharaoh walks right into the trap with Israel as the bait. When he said in verse four, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, he shall follow after them, I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts and the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord and they did so. So it was God who not only led Israel into the trap, but it was God who made sure that Pharaoh came into the trap because that's in order he could destroy them. So in verse five, 
we read that Pharaoh says to himself, what in the world have we done? Why did we ever let these people go from serving us? We lost a lot of servants. And if you remember, it's interesting what Pharaoh says, and if you remember that the meaning of the word Israel is prince with God, prince of God, prince of God. Now, if you plug that meaning into verse five, into verse five, and just look at Pharaoh was saying, why have we done this that we have left the prince of God from serving us? You know, that's a dangerous thing to want the prince of God to be your slave. And this was the whole issue that God had made clear to Pharaoh when God had said in Exodus 4.22, Exodus 4.22, thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So Israel means prince of God, and God is the king, and God is the king is saying to Pharaoh, Israel, or the prince of God, is my son, even my firstborn, let my son go. So just the fact that Pharaoh even speaks the name Israel, meaning prince of God, is a direct challenge to God that he will not let God's prince or Israel go, and he's gonna retrieve God's prince or Israel back into bondage again. And that just really shows how blind and how hard-hearted Pharaoh has become. So Pharaoh starts this mad pursuit, and he's got all the chariots, all the chariots of Egypt, including the 600 of the chosen uh, chariots. And in verse nine, it just shows this wild pursuit. When it says the Egyptians, verse nine, the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses, chariots of Pharaoh, horsemen, army, overtook them encamping by the sea. So in this verse, we can really feel the aggressive charge of the Egyptian chariots as they overtook feeble little weak Israel by the sea. And what did Israel see? They saw themselves on a suicide march. They saw themselves on a death march to the sea. And they see all the dust in the distance of the chariots of the Egyptian army coming at full speed. I'm not even sure Charlton Heston had captured it right. It was just something, all this whirling down on them. And they could just imagine themselves, we're gonna be, our blood's gonna stain the sand here soon. We're gonna be scattered, we're gonna be all running for our lives, swords are gonna be flying, and so forth. And then in verse 10, it says, and when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and beheld the Egyptians marched after them. They were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Their fear is described as a sore afraid. That's a desperate situation. This is a desperate situation. And, 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 and as we look at this, we, cannot, we can't help but think, that was that Pharaoh. Another Pharaoh is gonna come against Israel. That's a new Pharaoh. That's called all nations of the earth all nations of the world, which are gonna come down like this old Pharaoh did to destroy Jerusalem. Only, and the scene's gonna repeat itself and Israel's gonna realize we're about to be destroyed. That's when they'll call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What was that DVD? Yeah. What, did that, what did anybody remember? What did it say? <laughs> now I wish at this point that I could just tell you that the children of Israel trusted and obeyed. 
just like Moses did. I wish I could tell you that, that they trusted God as the Egyptians bore down on them. I wish that there were not verses 11 and 12 in this chapter. I wish that it weren't in the Bible, but unfortunately they are, and that's the sad truth, because this brings out that no trust <laughs> there. When they said in verse 11, they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, that was your problem, Moses? So you bring us out here so we can die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us this way to carry us forth out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you back in Egypt when we told you, leave us alone? It's better to serve the Egyptians. It's better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in this place. It's not even a respectable place to die in. Now, those were pretty harsh accusations. Those were rough. And the, they were making it to Moses. And the problem was God heard them. God heard those. And so it's so sad to see this. And, and unfortunately, this wasn't the first time that they complained to Moses. They could get a degree in complaining. They just forgot when they said, you know, it was better for us to, to live in Israel, uh, Egypt. They just forgot Pharaoh was killing them in Egypt by killing the firstborn, not the firstborn, killing all the baby boys in Egypt. All right, this is the first phase. This is the desperate situation. And in this desperate situation, the people must have been jumping up and down and running all around. What shall we do? What shall we do? Now starts the second phase in this history. And in this phase, Moses told them, don't be afraid, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. See the salvation of the Lord. So Moses makes now a promise to them that they're not gonna see the Egyptians anymore after that day, and Moses told them, just wait, just wait. This, when Moses said this, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, this is one of the finest moments in Moses' life. This is great. As he stood firm there on the shore, confident God's gonna save Israel, I don't know how, but he's gonna do it, he's gonna destroy Egypt, and even though they're fast bearing down on them, Moses stands and says, wait and look, wait and look, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. When we're in a desperate situation, as they were, there needs to come this phase. There needs to come this phase when we just turn all of our efforts, all of our anxieties, all of our fears, we just turn to God and we just wait and hope for his intervention, for his intervention, which is what David calls resting in God waiting patiently for him in Psalm 37, seven. Psalm 37, seven says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. So before we look at Israel, and before we blame them by saying, how could they do that? How could they accuse God like that uh, of wanting to kill them? Let's remember, we've all been there. We've all been there. There is a beast inside of each one of us, and we have to get good at killing that beast every day because he keeps on getting up again. So this is the second phase in this history. This is the phase of waiting and hoping, waiting and hoping. And now starts the next phase, the next phase, which we see in verse 15. In verse 15 it says, the Lord said unto them, to Moses, wherefore Christ said unto me, speaking unto the children of Israel, if they go forward, go forward, go on, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out over the, thy hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.